we're back again. We're back. Oh my god, it's been so long. It's been two whole weeks. No, it has not. <laughs> it's been it's been ten minutes. For us. <laughs> for us. For y'all, it's been two weeks. For uh for us, it's been mere moments since we finished episode 405, and we are rolling on through to episode 406. We're determined to not get behind in these recordings, even with the holiday season. Oh yes. Fast approaching. We're stocking up. So right now it is February or er, February. It is November. <laughs> it's November 20th. This will probably air mid just like maybe early mid December. Uh, just before Christmas time. Uh, but for us, it is November 20th. So if anything insane and crazy has happened in the world between now and then, we don't know because we're in the past and you're in the future. <laughs> That's always so scary to me. Ain't that crazy? <laughs> but I, I, one thing that we forgot to talk about at the beginning of the last episode, I briefly yesterday, um, Kamala Harris became the first woman president. Because Joe Biden got a colonoscopy. Yeah, because when the yeah. president is put under general anesthesia, the vice president becomes the acting president because the president is under general anesthesia and can't make decisions for himself. That's so funny. I did not know that. I did not hear about that. Well, so it's like we got our first woman president because somebody got something stuck up his ass. Yep. All right. Oh, all right. For 45 Honestly, minutes. Peg the patriarchy. Peg the patriarchy. Um, so but also two nights ago, there was this fucking eclipse that I didn't know about. There was that an my, eclipse? There yeah, was an two eclipse. nights ago. Yeah. It was called the beaver eclipse. My mom told me about it the next morning. It was like peak from like 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. It looked really, really cool. It was super red, I heard. Oh. My mom showed me some photos. I was like surprised that I didn't hear more about it because I feel like whenever eclipses happen, people don't shut the fuck about it. <laughs> I'm taking an astro class. I'm surprised they didn't tell me anything about it. The beaver eclipse. I knew the moon was a lesbian. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Damn. That's crazy. I that didn't know about that. One. I know it was a full moon the other day. I didn't know there was an eclipse. Maybe that's why my brain like clicked into place the last couple of days. Yeah, it's called. Oh, it's called the Beaver Moon. Crazy shit. But yeah, so we were bre- like, and now a month ago for y'all, but like we briefly had our first woman president. Uh, and that's that's all we know right now. There's still well, a bullshit. It's like, did she even make any decisions? She literally was just like, I'm acting president, guys. Who wants to come to me with a crisis? Oh, and Supernatural News, too. At the at the convention that was hap- that's happening uh, right now in New Orleans, I'm sure other shit has happened at other conventions since. Because uh, the one-year finale was yesterday. The one-year anniversary of the finale was yesterday. But today, at the convention, the guy that played Mick, I don't know if you remember one of the Men of Letters, they were playing- Which, Was Mick not the one that fucked Mary? No, he's the other one. He's the one that got killed, yeah. I liked him, because he ended up being So nice. they were playing Fuck, Mary Kill, and he's playing it with the guy that ended up being the guy that like fucked mary mm-hmm. uh so they're playing fuck mary kill any of the characters and the guy that played mick was like oh i would fuck dean i would marry sam or i would marry yeah Cass- gang gang yes but he definitely said i would fuck dean and the guy that played uh the other guy was like you'd fuck dean and he's like yeah mick was gay and then he he just like said that casually like, yeah mick was gay and then he like dawned in his brain that the cw snipers were going to come for him and he's like i just made that up just now that's what i, I just made that up what <laughs> like i was lying i can't start one of these episodes without giving you an update on shit and supernatural that's making me mad a show that's been over for, for a, year. a year for a year and every month there's something new still yeah 
Jensen posted a video the on the anniversary of the finale of him in the Impala and he turned the radio on and he's like it carry on my wayward son had come on the radio and he's like it's been one year I'm like Jensen I need you to stop like come on girl I bet there's still like an after contract that they're somehow still in that they still have to well Jensen's production company is gonna do the prequel oh yeah so he still has to be a fucking supernatural bitch (laughs) well it's like don't you feel silly? He's the most Dean-coded person in the world. Like, he is oh, yeah. Dean's true vessel. Oh, yeah, they like, shaped him to be, like, Jensen shaped Dean. As Dean was Michael's true vessel, Jensen is Dean's true vessel. Like, it's, he just lives there. And Jensen, that's, like, a very sweet thing Jensen has said before, too. He's like, guys, Dean is never gone because he lives right here. He lives right in me. I'm like, oh, shut the fuck up. I just, I feel like I'm getting the sillies out of the way before we get into this intense episode. I think it's worth it. Oh, this episode, hoo, hoo, hoo. Uh, because this is a shameless recap podcast, The Luck We Had. I am one of your hosts. My name is Amanda. I'm your other host, Evan. I'm your third host. My name's Lena. And we are covering season four, episode six, Iron City. We're in the back half of season four, y'all. Uh, we're here. Oh, the one, the only, the season four. It's season four and five are fucking peak of this show you know when you're like on a roller coaster and it's ratcheting up we're like just cresting the hill like right before the fall that's what's Mm -hmm. happening here this one's a hard hitter last episode was us going straight up and then this episode is us going straight down yeah (laughs) yeah this this one's a hard hitter for sure uh and this one aired just after valentine's day it aired on february 16th 2014 it was written by john wells and lisa morales john wells blah 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 we know who that is we know we know showrunner director writer whatever Lisa Morales, I'm what I am now firmly believing is the reason season four was as good as it was with the consistency. Miss girl. She's she's Miss girl. She's Miss girl. John Wells was like, I'm going to write this episode. And she said, not alone. Yep. Not if I have anything to do with it. (laughs) I am the queen of consistency in season four. And we're going to fucking keep that. Because this is her third of 11 episodes she writes through season five. Uh, 403, like father, like daughter. 405, there's the rub. This one. 407, jailbird, invalid, martyr, blah, blah, blah. 408, hope springs paternal. 411, Emily. And 412, Lazarus. And then she also wrote in season five on 508, Uncle Carl. 509, Carl's first sentencing. 510, Southside Rules. And 511, Drugs Actually. Yes, she was a story editor, apparently. Yes. And she's also written on Queen Sugar, Rosewood, Bluff City Law. She's, I I am now, now through this podcast, I have learned and I have decided that she is our savior of season four. She's Miss oh, yeah. Girl. Yeah. She's Miss Girl. She's Miss season four. She's why season four and season five, the back True. half, are so consistent with characterization. And I love mm-hmm. it. This one was directed by a man who's, this is his first and only, I'm sure he came in, directed this episode and went, never mind, I'm, I'm out. never coming back here. <laughs> I am out of here. <laughs> uh, James Ponsolt, P-O-N-S-O-L-D-T, Ponsolt, one and only shameless directing credit. He does a lot of one episode directing jobs, like on Parenthood, he did two episodes of Masters of None and six episodes of the show, Sorry for Your Loss. I heard about that show. He came in, did this one, broke our hearts, got the fuck out of there. <laughs> And the synopsis of this one is, this one and the next one, the synopsis both start with the aftermath of, (laughs) Mm -hmm. the aftermath of Liam's accident lands Fiona in county jail, unsure of Liam's, unsure of Liam's condition or her future. 
Meanwhile, after almost being killed by the sweat lodge, Frank gets some sobering news about his declining health. The previously on, of course, was done by Frank because, sure, previously in this season, Debbie tried to mount Maddie, but he's like, hi, you're a child. Uh, <laughs> Sheila finds out that she's one thirty-second Native American and starts dating a Native American man who has a bunch of kids that he looks after. Lip is still struggling in school. Frank tried to clean his liver in a sweat lodge and got picked up by paramedics. Fiona got caught for fucking Robbie. Mike broke up with her. Robbie brought her coke for her birthday. Liam got into it, is in the hospital, and Fiona got arrested. Damn, what a recap. (laughs) And then, title sequence. We open in the police station. Oh oh yeah, we forgot to even say, um, Lena has done the narrating the last couple of episodes because she is a main cast member of the podcast. Uh, We're going to give her a break, and I'm going to do this one. One of these days, we'll get Evan to do one. We will. (laughs) (laughs) I fumble over my words when I'm reading too much. (laughs) So we open. And this episode, like everything about this episode weighs so heavy on your shoulders. Like this episode is heavy and hard to watch. The lighting is pitch black. It is dark. It makes you feel every scene. Yeah, it's it's dark and it's cold. Everything about this episode feels cold and impersonal. It's snowy out. Feels iron. Feels iron like City. iron. Feels cold. Is that what Iron City means? Is that like another name for Chicago? Iron What's City? Iron no, City? it means jail. It means jail. Iron City. Uh, jail. Yeah. But... That's like funny because like, that's where Fiona is. Exactly. But like, but like, <laughs> hold, like hold it hard. <laughs> That's the joke. That's the that's the title. That's because she's in jail. That's <laughs> Can you fucking believe it, right? Dude. Isn't so that creative. Is the most clever thing you've ever heard in your Dude. Oh my god. That's where Fiona is. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So we open very serious now. Very serious moments. We open in the police station. Fiona is getting booked and it's like a montage of they they take her picture, they take her fingerprints, they take her through the process of getting booked into county jail and she gets like shuffled off into like a cell to wait. And then we got to the family waiting in the lobby of the ho- of the hospital. V and Kev are like watching over the kids and V is like stroking Debbie's hair and stuff. While Lip just, like, kind of vibrates and worries about Liam. Uh, Kev tries to talk about the Fiona of it all. He's like, I can get her a lawyer. We can do that. We can figure it out. But Lip, like, won't and can't. Lip fucking hates Fiona right now. He's pissed at her. Yeah. He's like, I'm really not worried about her right now. I'm worried about my brother who might be dying. That's that's what I'm worried about right now. Well, he's pissed. He he's like, I don't. He's like, let her let her stay there. We'll let her stay there for a while. <laughs> and uh, the doctor comes out and she's like, Oh, who's Fiona Gallagher? He's like, She's not here. She's in jail. And she's like, Okay, where are Liam's parents? He's like, I I am I to talk to me. Tell me what's going on. And she's like, I really need a guardian or a parent. He's like, My mom's a bipolar drug addict who split years ago. My dad's a drunk and they just hauled Fiona off to jail. I'm the only thing that passes for a responsible adult that you're gonna find out. Now, how's Liam? Like Oof. I am the man of the household. Jeremy fucking Jeremy and Emmy in this episode. Woo! He's like, I'm stepping up to the plate. Because we get their peak of both of them acting, and then we get their scenes together, and you're just like, mwah, mwah. Yeah. 
It's their amazing. Th- this is them and they're 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 so good at the quiet moments, the like seething anger or like the the deep to the bones like sadness. They're so good at that quiet stuff and they each get to do that independently in this episode and then in the next episode they get to just explode all over each other and it's just The Gallagher's aren't good at liking each other. They're good at hating each other. They're so good at hating each other. Yeah. True. That's awesome. Like Jeremy and Emmy in this episode, I don't I don't know how they both didn't get fucking all the awards for They're good at sticking up for each other though. Like season four, not getting awards for Jeremy Emmy. And I'll even say, Bill, crazy to me. Crazy to me. So Lip gets the lowdown. Liam overdosed on Coke. He's had a few seizures. And they're like, we'll only let a family, a direct family member above 18 back to see him. So they're like, Lip, go back, go see him, go see what he looks like. And uh, this scene, it keeps cutting back and forth between Lip walking back to look at Liam and Fiona being led into a cell in the county. And it's like- In like shackles and shit. Yeah, it's like cuts back and forth between the two of them as they both go down these like cold, impersonal hallways. Dude, Lisa- Lisa fucking she got us. Lisa and James. They were like, I'm not I'm not including John Wells in this in this praise, but it's like Lisa and James, like the parallels cutting back and forth. Woo! They got it down. Is this scene of Fiona being processed? Is this the scene that Emmy spoke about? I'll talk about that when we get to that part. Yeah. Okay. Not yet. No, this is her in county. She gets transferred and then that happens. Okay. Um but yeah, like the just like hospital coldness and prison coldness, like you like them in a certain way, and it's just oh, it's insane. This episode's and like, insane, and they both have like this shitty UV lighting, so it just looks like yeah. This episode makes me lose my mind. The fluorescent lights, yeah. So Liam walks in. He see or Lip walks in. He sees Liam laying in the bed, and he's so sad. They had to like tie Liam down so he because he was like seizing and he was scratching at himself and he was hurting himself because he was going through withdrawal from cocaine. He's like little bounds. He's like bounded. It's so sad. And at the same time, he looks so long, but also so small in that bed. I wonder how long it took to tell a child actor to close your eyes and just lay still. <laughs> yeah, right. Just go to sleep, my dude. Um, so Lip gets told Liam might have brain damage from the overdose, but they there's really no way of knowing until he like wakes up and starts talking and stuff. And like develop like developmentally, there might be something wrong with him, and that's not something you're gonna know for years down the line. But the doctor's like she sees Lip getting like so worried with all the information she's giving him. And she's like, for what it's worth, if I was a betting woman, this kid is strong and my money would be on him for a full recovery. I'm like, oh, she like tries to comfort him even in this like- Is that just her saying that? And Lip's like, shut up. No, it's like, it was, she seems so genuine. She's like, I, for what it's worth, I think he's going to make it. I think he's going to be fine. Mm. I'm like, I love that. And Lip is so sad. And then we cut to Fiona, who is so sad, sitting on the floor in a cell surrounded by women. And then she gets up and she's getting processed and sent for transfer out of county to another facility. Cook County or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, to like city or whatever, city or whatever state. Well, because Cook County is like Chicago. And then back at the hospital, Kev finds Lip sitting alone in the hallway. And Kev's like, V took Debbie and Carl home. We put him to bed. And I found out that Fiona was getting transferred. He gives him like a whole update and Lip's, uh, Lip is doing the paperwork for Liam. And he's like, insurance information, none. Employment, none. Credit card number, none. I wonder if they'll let us wash fucking dishes. 
And Kev's like, don't, they have to treat him. Don't worry about it. And Kev's and Lip's like, oh, they're going to come after us for it. And Kev's like, what are you worried? You worried it's going to fuck up your credit score? Like, just don't worry <laughs> about the money right now. And Kev's like, I called that lawyer. We can get him. Lip's like, no, we can't pay for a lawyer. She can have a public defender. And Kev's like, I don't, he doesn't get it. He doesn't get why, why Lip won't help Fiona out of this. He's like, she's family. She's your big sister. You have to help her. Well, isn't he like, isn't he like, she made a mistake. Like, it, like it was an accident. Mm. I was there. And like, if I can remind you, Kev, who does have four babies on the way, was also high on coke at that party. Like he was also another adult at that party, high on coke when that happened. Well, I remember Veronica blames herself later. Yeah. She's like, she was like, I was sober. I should have been watching him. And then Kev's like, literally no one's home. But he also was under the influence of it too. That's why I think Kev is like sympathizing so hard with Fiona. Like not only because of her bond with him, with her, but he's like, we were all there. And Lip's like, you know what? You know why I don't care about what's going on with Fiona right now? It's 5 a.m. I have a quantum physics quiz in three hours. Guess I'm fucking missing that. Like... He's like, I, he was doing well, and now he's been dragged back in. Like, Homeboy was just looking for his brother, not yesterday. And then in another part of the hospital, Frank, and, and I don't even think any of the family knows that Frank is here, but in another- Yeah, they don't. He just shows up on a different floor. Yeah. In another part of the hospital, Frank wakes up, Sammy is asleep by his leg, and he tells her she looks like her mother. Her mother, who apparently has diabetes, lost a foot- and had breast cancer with a double mastectomy and had them rebuilt. But then when she shows up, I'm pretty sure she has both of her feet. <laughs> yeah, nothing of that is accurate. She has both of her feet. Sam, uh, freaking uh, Queenie is like a goddess. She's just normal. She's the most normal out of all of them. She's a little bit of a hippie, but like, that's it. And not even, not even like a prosthetic. Like she straight up just has both of her feet. <laughs> like Because these writers forgot what happened in their best season. <laughs> yeah, the people who wrote her what. They knew Sammy had a mother. They just yeah. forgot they ever mentioned her having a mother. Hashtag forgot. Yeah. <laughs> and a doctor who's an actor I recognize. He's like a ginger dude that's in like one episode of a thousand things. Um, He comes in and he says that Frank is a legend in the hospital. You, sh- you see Frank's file and it's like a big, huge file. He's like, you're a frequent flyer at our hospital. And uh, this guy- and Frank's like, oh, I remember you. You fucked up the best high I ever had. And the guy's like, yeah, sorry, I gave you Narcan. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't die. Uh, this is so random, but I'm totally going to forget. But I found another uh, shameless to Sunny Pipeline to Barry Pipeline. Do you remember um, the one of Mr. Kuzno's son from Barry? No. I remember the guy. I remember the first guy Barry killed was Tony the Cop. Yeah, that is true. Um, that was big. I remember that. So, and it's always sunny. Do you remember when Frank tries to find a new gang? And it's yeah. like those three people. It's that one. And there's like the white guy. It's the guy. white guy, the black guy, and the blonde girl. The white guy is Mr. Kuzno's son, who is also plays one of the IT bitches that Lip works oh, with. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's just yeah. like one of the random IT yeah. guys who's like, you but like just like when they're getting arrested, he's like, "Nah, we're we're done for good. Like they're getting arrested. Like we're shut down." Oh, and it's like season seven when he's working at that startup. Do you well? And then you pointed this out in the group chat the other day. Always sunny, the shameless. Um, Robbie plays one of these dates in the in the gang group dates. Episode. Yeah, when the gang, yeah, she like drugs him, and then he's like, like takes her back to the hot like her apartment, and then. They like, I guess they fuck or whatever. And then he's like, are you going to call me? And she's like, yeah, yeah, sure. Get out. (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, Damn, the Shameless, the Sunny Pipeline, like, me rewatching it is just, like, because I've been rewatching Shameless so consecutively, when I rewatch a new show, I'm like, hey, I, I, I know that guy. Before, but I now need to know who the fuck this guy is, because I do recognize him from, like, a thousand things. Yeah, he's, like, a one-episode guy in everything. He's, yeah, he's definitely a character actor. This actor, this actor's name is Scott Grimes, the doctor actor. His name is Scott Grimes. Um... But the, yeah, this actor, Scott Grimes, he's been in one episode of everything. Dexter, uh, ER, um, he does voices in Family Guy and American Dad. He's in the Orville right now. Okay, okay. So, da 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 ba He's like, yeah, so sorry I, like, saved your fucking life with Narcan. And he asks, he's like, hey, can I ask you, uh, why the fuck were you in a sweat lodge? And Frank's like, oh, it's because of my liver. I found out that Native Americans, like, sweat out the toxins in their liver, and my liver is failing, so I gave it a shot. And he's like, I started drinking at 12. And the doctor's like, he's like making jokes and he's actually being really nice to Frank. He's like, well, you got a good 40 years out of that thing and look at you go. And he's like, you know, you're dying, right? Like, he like, gets like really like somber with him. He's like, you know, you're dying, right? Well, because he's also like frequent flyer. Like, I know this guy. And Frank's like, I'm not dying. I got a good 10 years left and seven. But good, good guess there, Frank. (laughs) <laughs> he's like yeah. i got a good 10 years left and the doctor's like that sammy asked the doctor she's like okay but how like serious are we talking how dire like and the guy's like um look for urns buy a buy a coffin like that's that's what we're talking about it's gonna be soon and we go from that very somber realization that frank is like he is knocking on death's door to jail where fiona gets asked a bunch of intake questions like are you on drugs do you this that or the other and she gives over all of her personal belongings. And she's like, can I call? Can I call and ask about my brother? And they pretty much ignore that. And then she's like, given a stack of prison clothes and told to go down the hall to strip. And let's just, I want to put in a quote of, of from Emmy about shooting this particular strip search scene. Because I know she's spoken many times about how uncomfortable she was in this scene. Uh, but this is a direct quote that I found. She said, quote, We shot this in a women's prison that was not functioning for the last couple of years and the smell in there. It had been infested with rats and it was dark and dank. I just went to the worst place that was scary and miserable and I thought in that moment, this better be worth it because I don't know if I'm going to be able to stand up after this. She said, you just get to the point where you're raw. I am a crazy person. I should have been an attorney. I should have been a first grade teacher. Like this scene stripped Emmy down. Like physically, emotionally. Yeah, I have um, I have a, I have another quote if you want me to. Oh yeah, read it. So she's, it's just they're asking her about nudity in general, and she said, "Romantic nudity doesn't weird me out at all. There's a comfort level you have with another actor. You know they're just as bare as you are. But I did a scene this year in the prison where I was being strip searched, and it was a cavity search scene that was rough." The way they were shooting it, I didn't even have my vanity patch on, which I usually have, like a little triangle in the front. Yeah. uh, Like, you know, on her genitals. And I had a huge panic attack as we were shooting, which actually ended up in the show because I had never felt so kind of dehumanized in a weird way. And I said to my boss, our showrunner, like, I really hope that this is good. I hope it's worth it because you're putting me through hell, like a huge panic attack. And he was like, yeah, it's good. Don't worry. Fuck Fuck them. Fuck them for making her do this. There is a way they could have done this scene that wouldn't have traumatized Emmy Russum from doing it. Yeah. 
It's really yeah, bad. It's bad. Um, I hope she at least got along with the other woman that was in the scene. Like, like I hope there was at least that comfort. Like, because it's this scene is really fucking hard to watch. And I'm glad you read that. I didn't know that. Like, I I made a comment on this that oh, like in this scene she strips down, she bends over, she has to get strip search, and like I said, I don't know how much of this was Fiona and how much was Emmy, but like she is shaking. Like she, sh- mm-hmm. it is so hard to watch, but her saying that it was her having a panic attack that got put into the show. Oh my God. You can see and feel how real it is because it's literally Emmy not being able to function, being put in such a vulnerable situation like that. Like, and it's awful. And like, it's one big shot. And that, like at the end of it, while Emmy herself is having a breakdown, she still manages to squeak out her one line she like stands up and holds herself and she's like, can I get my phone call now? And the woman just tells her to get dressed. Like, God, it's, it, it was, re- it's really hard. This scene is really, really hard to watch, especially when you know the context behind it. It's like, it's hard in general because you feel for Fiona, but then like when you know. I feel like that one interview was out for a while too. And I feel like only a couple months ago, that one that Lena read like surfaced again that everyone was talking about. Yeah. And knowing that John Wells wrote this episode, that he wrote that scene, fuck that man. Let's hunt that man for sport. Fuck that man. Back at the house, V is, she's drinking tea. She'd been watching over the kids all night. Kev comes in with donuts. I think this show had a sponsorship from Dunkin' Donuts. There's Dunkin' Donuts in like every goddamn episode. <laughs> they do They do Starbucks at the beginning. Oh yeah, Jimmy Steve with the Starbucks. They're they're mostly Starbucks because Jimmy because Jimmy's rich enough to buy Starbucks, so they they mostly do Starbucks. But there's like Dunkin' Donuts in like a lot of episodes. Like in I remember specifically in a couple of the like prison or in a couple of the uh, police station scenes when Frank was being charged with assaulting Karen. There's like three bags of Dunkin' Donuts on that cop's desk. <laughs> Sponsorship. Mm, interesting. Uh, so back at the house. Yeah, she, V's drinking. Kev comes in with donuts, and he's like, "Should I get the kids ready for school?" And V's like, "They were up until three in the morning. We're not. We're not putting them through school today." And then they try. They sit down, and she's like, "I don't even remember seeing Liam leave the living room." And she, like you said, Lena, she said she's like, "I was sober." She felt bad that she wasn't watching him. She's like, "I wasn't watching him. I should have been watching him." And Kev says, "It's not their job to watch it. He's not their kid." It wasn't their job to keep an eye on him. And she's like, yeah, but what about the ones that are our kids? And Kev's like, our kids are going to be fine. They're going to be athletes and they're going to be the president of the United States. And our <laughs> kids are going to be fine. I love Kev. Which one's which one's really smart? Which one's really stupid? Isn't Amy oh, I like, really smart? Really I, don't, I forget. I don't think I ever watched their Hall of Shame. But it's like, it's like yeah, one's going one's gonna to be an athlete and the other one's going to be the president because one they said was really smart and the other one they said was really dumb. <laughs> I, but I think especially like she feels this responsibility for Liam, not be, not only because she like helps look over these kids, but she's like, here is this, here's this little black child that I like that is now hurt and laying. And it's like, she is pregnant with her own kids. And she's looking on this kid that could be her kid that look that like feeling this immense responsibility for him. It's, and this is just a very sweet moment of Kev. Like 
he obviously feels bad too, but he's like, at the at the end of the day, Liam's not our responsibility, but our babies will be and our babies will be fine. And like, I don't know, it was really sweet. I really love when Kevin V have like sweet little tender moments with each other like that. So at Sheila's house, she wakes up and her boyfriend's niece is in bed with her. And it's so sweet. And she wakes up and she's all happy. And the rest of them are in Karen's room asleep. And Sheila with a house full of kids thriving. Because... Like, we go back to that one last episode when she was, like, eating dinner alone by herself, and now she has, like, a full house again. In the sad, depressive moments of this episode, there's those little bright spots of Sheila with these kids. It's so beautiful. And she goes outside, and she sees her neighbor walking by, and he sees the sweat lodge, and she's like, yeah, it's a sweat lodge. You should bring your mom around. She's got emphysema, right? It should probably help. Like, nothing can bring this woman down. She's on cloud nine right now. She goes inside she and she flirts it. with her man over breakfast. She's like, how you feel? And he's like, sore, but not in a bad way. Like, oh. Oh, because of the ass play. And he's like, I'm sorry. I have to take the kids back to the reservation. They have to go to school. And he's a little like mean and strict with the kids because she like feeds them breakfast. And they're like, don't you have like regular maple syrup? And they're they're like a little annoyed at the weird stuff she's feeding them. And he's like, shut the fuck up and eat. Like. So he's, like, snapping at them, and that throws her off a little bit, but she- Because she made, like, what, like, keen, like, buckwheat or, like, quinoa pancakes or whatever. And they're like, do you have egos? Yeah. <laughs> do you have maple syrup? Like, what's going on? And she is in love with these kids. She loves these kids so much. <sighs> and then at the hospital, Lip wakes up, and his phone is ringing, and it's Fiona. She finally got her phone call. And the, you know, the voice recording when someone from prison calls you, they're like, press one to accept the call. Press zero to reject it. Like, will you accept these charges? Yeah. And it it has to say it twice because he, like, takes a minute to decide if he's going to accept the call. And he reluctantly picks up and she immediately is like, how's Liam? And Emmy Russum is doing the ugly cry face. She's, like, grabbing onto the payphone, doing her ugly cry face over the phone. And he's like... Isn't he, like... Isn't Lip, like... He could have brain damage. He had a bunch of seizures. He could be dead. He could die. And, and she's crying so hard and looks like, I don't even give a shit about you, bitch. He's just like, yeah, look what you did. You fucked up. He's going to die. It's your fault. And she's like, eh. like, feel bad about it. Feel bad about she's it. Sarah, she Sarah Paulson cried before Sarah Paulson cried. Yes. Well, but she's like, she's like, please tell him I love him and tell him that like, I'm so sorry. And, love him. and it's like, he's three. <laughs> yeah. She's like, please tell him I love him, please. And he hangs up on her like before she even finishes saying that brutal yeah he's an he's an asshole for that one but i kind of agree with him though i kind of see where he's coming from i kind of see where he's coming from though i'm like yep no i'm not mad at him about it like i feel bad for fiona but i'm also like it's what she deserves like maybe the cocaine shouldn't have been out where a toddler could get to it i'm not saying don't party and have fun well it's like why are you doing coke at a party at home with your kid siblings and like, literally simple, simple answer to this to get to where the, like, three-year-old won't get to it. Do it on the ledge of the fireplace. He can't climb up there. Just line it up up there if you want to do coke in your house full of kids. Do it where he can't get to. Well, and then it's, like, when Carl comes home, like, Carl loves to get into shit. It's, like, fucking put it away. Like, Yeah. Like, take a couple, do a couple lines, and then put it away. Be like, we're done with the coke today. It was not that big of a bag. So we're on Emmy doing the ugly cry face on the phone call. Uh, Lip hangs up on her. She falls apart. Like, she absolutely falls apart. 
But Lip is being told that Liam has stabilized and he's being led in to see him. And he meets the new CPS person who, of course, they called CPS and is in charge of their case. And he's told that he needs to find Frank before Liam is released or Liam's going to get put in foster care because uh, he can't be put back in Fiona's custody. And so without Frank, he'll be put in foster care. And Lip's like, I'm 18. Can't, can't I just take him? Can I just take responsibility for him? Because I'm 18. And they're like, there's a way legally we can try to do that for you, but we need Frank first. And Lip and Lip's like, okay, fine. And he's like, but can I go see him? And he goes to see Liam and Liam is sitting up and he's awake and Lip gets to hug him and like Lip dad era. Oh, he was the best dad ever. This is a little sneak preview of how good of a dad he's going to be, the way he takes care of Liam. Back on the street. Sammy is wheeling Frank down the street as he refuses hospice. And she asks, she's like, you told me I look like my mom. Um, tell me about you and my mom. And Frank's like, I don't know. I bent her over a washing machine at a party. And uh, there was a, there was like a tennis shoe in there. And I fucked her to the rhythm of it. I hate him. <laughs> that was kind of good. <laughs> He's like, when I found out she was pregnant, I told her to lose my number. I assumed she had aborted you. And like, Sammy is like just now learning that Frank is a piece of garbage who wanted her aborted. Like, yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Get with the program. He sucks. But she still begs him. She's like, please look at hospice. Please consider hospice care. And kind of like threatens to walk away from him on like this shitty street with in his wheelchair if he doesn't agree to hospice. In jail, Fiona is brought into a visiting room to meet her public defender for her arraignment. And she gets talked through her arraignment. She's like, they're like, it's going to take like 90 seconds. You say not guilty. They, we figure out your bond and all this, that, and the other. And it all seems like pretty simple. Okay. Her public defender mm-hmm. is like a really good lawyer, actually. She's a really good lawyer. Like, it's like, she's so lucky because it's like her, her defender wasn't like inept. Or, yeah. Or Andrew didn't care. Like, she actually did kind of like care. And so it was like, damn. Nice change of pace here. Because she even was like, she was like, you're the guardian of fucking six kids. They're not just going to lock you up right away. Yeah. And she like tries to, she tries to connect with Fiona. She's like, okay, you took on all the information I just told you. All right, get up. I'll see you in there. Like. It was like, boom, 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 boom. Let's do this. Let's get you through this. And Fiona, Fiona walks into like a locked box in a courtroom with a couple other people. The whole family is sitting there watching. And she gets up. She says not guilty. Her bail gets set at $100,000. And you see her like go numb and the sound kind of drop out. And then the family tracks down the public defender in the hallway. And they're like, what the fuck? We don't have $100,000. And she's like, you only actually need to put up 10% of it, which is $10,000 bond. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, no, that's that's what bail is. You put up 10% of it. And if the person, and you, you get let out. And if the person doesn't show up for their court date, you owe the whole... Whole, you owe the whole bit. Gotcha. Hundred thousand. And you get the ten thousand that you put up. You get it back. They might take like a fee, but you get it back once they're released. Oh, that's why when that's why when Mike bails her out, bails her out the next time, he's like, you better fucking show up for that court date. Oh yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. The ten thousand, like the ten percent of the bond, is like this is assurance that you're going to show up for your court date. And if you skip bail, then not only does this person not get their ten thousand dollars back, you now oh, the $100,000 bond. Damn. And they're like, the whole family's freaking out and Lip's like, drop it. We don't have the money. We're not getting her out. She's staying in there. And Debbie's like, what the fuck? And he yell- He like snaps because he's been up for two days straight now. And he yells at Debbie 
And Lip tells Kev, he's like, we need to find Frank right now or Liam goes into foster care. And he's like, you up for another round of where the fuck's Frank? <laughs> I would also like a side note in this moment. Uh, Kev, in this scene and in the court scene, in the beanie with the long hair. Looking good. He be looking good. It's working. Kev, yeah, he's serving looks in this season. Right? Um, At the hospice place, Frank hears out the whole speech. They're like, we'll make you comfortable. There's this, it's like a very Christian, like, like religious place. And he is not into it. He does not want to be there. Sammy is like, oh, that's lovely. Oh, that's nice. And Frank is like, get me the ever loving fuck out of this Because it's like all these people who are like, basically vegetables that they're showing him and he's like no 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 <laughs> and he escapes out the back in his wheelchair and sammy chases him down but he's like i can't be there i don't want to be there i want to go home i want to go home i want to go home and like it's probably a little bit i don't want to be there and it's a lot i don't want to die and he thinks if he doesn't mm-hmm. go to hospice he won't die because he doesn't want to die in that hospice Yeah. So then we follow Debbie because Debbie ran out of the courtroom after Lip yelled at her. Debbie is getting off a bus and running to Maddie's house for comfort, you know, because she's a traumatized child and needs an adult to take care of her. Well, it's also like she's got no one else. Yeah. She's got literally no one else who gives a shit about her. I refuse to let them draw a parallel between this and Ian running to Mickey during the Monica. I refuse. I refuse. Well, especially because it's not... The comfort was different, too. Yeah. So Kevin Lip go to Sammy's trailer to try to find Frank, but, like, we just saw them at hospice. They're not at the trailer. Um, And Lip tries to, like, hatch a plan to find Frank. And Kev's like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, and he tries to, like, slow everything down and get Lip to see. He's like, what happened to Liam wasn't Fiona's fault. And Lip is like, actually, <laughs> fuck you. I'm not listening to this. And he just gets in the car. In jail, Fiona meets with her public defender again. And this woman, she tries to offer, she's like, "Do you, are you going through withdrawal? Do you need drug treatment? Do you need therapy? And Fiona's like, no, fuck you. I don't need any of that. I'm not a drug addict. Yesterday was my birthday, so I did some coke. And then she finds out, like, the, she's like, I just want to know if Liam is okay. And the woman's like, Liam's fine. And Fiona just breaks down. It's mm-hmm. like she was like holding on until she heard that he was okay. And she just breaks down crying. And her lawyer tells her, she's like, if you give up who gave you the coke, they'll probably go easier on you. They don't want to go after you. They want the they want people. They want to go after the guy who gave you the coke. And Fiona immediately is like, I won't do it. I won't snitch. On Robbie? You won't snitch on Robbie? Yeah, I feel like he's already ruined enough. Cut, like, come on. He fucking, like... He fucked your life up. He's not even Southside. It's not even like Southside Pride. We protect our own. He's just a pretentious white boy with anger issues. Yeah. Not even like it's like a drug thing. Like no, no one's going to come after her. No dealer's going to come after her for snitching. Well, Robbie would totally give up whoever dealt it to him though. Yeah. But like she won't give up this guy who fucked up her relationship and put her l- kid brother in danger because he gave her coke. She won't give this guy up. Maybe because she's like... I know that I'm the reason that I that my relationship got fucked up. She also probably is punishing herself because she's like, it wasn't him, it was me. Like, I have to go through this, yeah. I also just think it's that twisted, like, Southside mm-hmm. don't snitch thing, like, going on in her brain. Like, fuck you, give him up. Back at Sheila's house, Sheila gives all the kids snacks for their drive back, and they're all like, you know how she was feeding a weird food earlier? She's like, don't worry, it's a peanut butter jelly sandwich, Cheetos, and some Snickers bars. Like, I'm, I'm giving you normal food. And they're like- Okay, hey, cool. And like <laughs> earlier on, she was calling them. She's like, one-eyed snake, breaking wind. And her boyfriend's like, you know, those aren't their names, right? She's like, it's the names they gave me. We love Sheila respecting. <laughs> 
She's like, that's the names they gave me? That's the names I'm calling them. She, oh, she would be such an ally. Right? And she gives the kids snacks for the ride home, and a bunch of the older ones come out, but the one that she was, like, in bed with in the morning, she's like, do you know what an Eskimo kiss is? And she gives her an Eskimo kiss. She's like, do you know what a butterfly kiss is? And she gives her a little butterfly kiss. Like, it's so oh, sweet. God, she loves these kids. She's just built mm. to be a mom. That's who Sheila is. At the alibi, Kev checks in with V. She's going through the books. She's like, I'm trying to find anything, anything at all we can use for bail money. And she's like, I'm not even a little bit close to it. And he's like, we could sell the truck. She's like, it's only worth like four grand. And he's like, I paid $15,000 for that car. She's like, yeah, years ago. And we're, the car isn't worth anything. Well, it's also like, they're going to sell their car to help out nah. Iana. Like, right? not to not to make it be like selfish, but it's like, I know you love Fiona. That's your car. That's how you get the work. That's your mode of transportation. Like, and you have four kids coming. Like, look out for yourself a little bit. And they're like, they're trying, but they're, there's nothing they can do. Over at the Milkoviches, uh, randomly, Terry is being dragged away by the cops as Mandy watches. He's kicking and screaming and fighting with the cops. He's in his boxers. Lip comes up and he's like, what happened? And she's like, he broke parole again. He tested positive on a piss test. And it's just, it's a clever little way, little aside uh, for the writers to be like, oh, by the way, Terry's back in prison. Terry's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Terry's gone. We're going to clear the house out. No more Terry for the next few episodes. Just we're going to drop that piece of information in and walk away. Love that. But more on that later. Lip updates Mandy. He's like, okay, so he's like, okay, so Liam's in the hospital and Fiona has been arrested. And he's like, fills her in on everything. And he's like, we find, can you find Ian and tell him and let him know everything? And she's like, yeah, of course. Of course, I'll find Ian and I will tell him. And again, more on that later. Woo! Woo! And then Kenyatta comes to the door and she goes back inside. And Lips just very like, hey, thanks. He's like, here's the information. Please tell Ian. Thank you. And he like walks away from it. At the Gallagher house, Chucky is watching porn in the living room. There's always just something not correct on playing on that television. <laughs> something not correct about Chucky. <laughs> There's like one scene though when like Frank's watching like, it's like a video of like strippers with Liam and like Fiona just comes in and just like changes it to like cartoons and then walks away. Oh, yeah. What even channels do they get if he's just watching porn in the living room? Pay-per-view. They, don't, they, don't they steal cable? I Isn't maybe. that the thing? Debbie, Debbie alludes to it like in season one or something. She's like, she's like, and that's the, that's the only one who knows what to do on the pole. And so it's like, I'm pretty sure they steal cable. Yeah. Carl comes home, doesn't even acknowledge the porn playing on the television when that's such a Carl thing to acknowledge. Steals Chucky's chicken nuggets and goes upstairs. Good for him. Absolute legend. And upstairs, Frank is asleep in bed with Sammy. And she's like, I gave him a bunch of Oxy and a bunch of this. And Carl's like, you want to check and make sure he's breathing all those fucking drugs you gave him? And she's like, she's taking care of Frank. She's like, the sweat lodge almost killed him. They should burn that thing down. And she said that to Carl. She's like, hey, someone should burn <laughs> that sweat lodge down. Carl's like, hmm. Carl's like, I built that. But it's also like, who told me to build it? Yeah, right? Wink. Lip comes home, he gets updated on who the fuck Chucky and Sammy are, because he doesn't know who the fuck Chucky and Sammy are. While Carl eats Sammy's bit, she was upstairs, and she's like, I bought Chucky chicken nuggets, but if he wants more food, he can eat my Big Mac. So Carl goes downstairs and eats her Big Mac. Good for him. Good for him. And Lip's like, hey, who are they? And he's like, oh, nephew and big sister, she's in the shower. And, and Lip's like, you know what, we don't have time to unpack all of that. <laughs> 
And Carl's like, so do we have the money to get Fiona out? And Lip's like, no, we have no choice. We can't help her. And he's like, even he's so tired and done with this that he like gets a beer out for himself and Carl takes it and, and takes a few sips mm-hmm. and Lip doesn't even object. He just lets him. And they discuss the, their, that every family is fucked up, but they're the extra special Gallagher kind of fucked up. Take, Take a, a shot. shot. Take a shot. Our lives are bad because we're Gallagher's. Okay. Like, okay, okay, it's a Gallagher thing. We get it. That's the reason. So Lip finds out that Debbie didn't come. He's like, hey, where's where's Debbie? You guys have to go to school tomorrow. And Carl's like, Debbie's not here. He's like, Debbie didn't fucking come home last night. And he picks up his phone to call her. And then her phone, we go over to the scene. Her phone is ringing in Maddie's apartment and she sees it ringing and then she feels maddie coming up behind her and closes her eyes and fakes sleep so that he will take care of her because she is a child and that is what children Children. do Mm. sheila is lonely in her big empty house and we see her like cleaning up all the rooms and like shutting down the house for the night and like you can sense like when she woke up it was vibrant and happy and there were kids everywhere and now it's like sad and quiet and dark dang i'm alone again meanwhile on her front lawn, Carl is <laughs> lighting the sweat lodge on fire. Good for him. Never let it be said that Carl doesn't take instruction. Uh, in jail, Fiona sits in her cell in her bunk in the dark and like curls up on her side by herself, like just shaking, just fully shaking. It's been maybe 36 hours since like mm-hmm. she got broken up with. Like it's been hell of a day at the hospital lip is like his books are all spread out he's actually still trying to study and keep up with school while he's in the waiting room and his roommate ron comes in ron Ron. brings lip more school stuff he's the fucking best ron is a good dude they didn't keep him around for long enough they kept amanda around instead which like she was fine but it was like damn i like ron i liked ron i liked lip having a friend like ron Ron came, brought him his books. He's like, I grabbed your quiz for you. Here's some ramen. It's not my best, but I'm sorry. Here's some ramen. And Lip's like, thank you, dude. Thank you so much. And he's like, I picked up your quiz. Here it is. I stuck I stuck it in your book. And Lip picks it up. It's the test that he retook during the other episode. He got a B plus on it. Hell yeah, he did. On his midterm. Did really good. It's a really bittersweet moment because like he looks at it and he smiles and he's like, I got a B plus. And it's like he was finally finding his footing. He was going to be good at school. But like he knows that he can't do that anymore now. In the morning, Fiona wakes up in her cell and like you could see it on her face that it takes her a minute to remember where she is and what's happening. Uh, She goes down to the mess hall. She gets food, but like it's burnt toast and it's gross and she like can't even eat it. But even before she has to, someone comes in. They're like, Gallagher, you made bail. You can leave. And she's like, no way. way." (laughs) And she walks outside and we like follow her. We track her outside and we follow her. Because we all are like, who the fuck bailed her out? Yeah, how did she get out? They just said they didn't have the money. And it's not that they don't have the money. It's also that Lip's like, I don't even want to. <laughs> yeah. So like, maybe we're expecting Kev or V. Maybe they pulled something off. But you come out and we follow her and we turn around and it's Mike. It's Mike leaning up against the car. Carl called him and asked him for help. I guess after Carl talked to Lip, he's like, well, Lip's not going to help. So he called Mike. I wonder how we got Mike's number. He probably just called like Worldwide Cup. I bet I bet she put Mike's number like on the fridge or something. It was like, in case of emergency, he's like, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm probably with him you know she's like carl called and said uh you don't know any other rich people so he called me and he's like how are you she's like um she's like i'm okay 
And he's like, you're going to show up to the trial? She's like, yes, I'm going to show up to the trial. And she's like, whatever they charge you for the bond, I'll, I'll pay you back. And he's like, yeah, write me a check. I don't ever want to see you again. Mm. Yeah, I support him. He's like, get in the car, write me a check. I don't ever want to see. And But like, he showed up and he bailed her out. And he's like, yeah, you can pay me back whatever. I don't, I just don't want to look at you. He's a good person. Mike is such a good dude. Well, it's like, not just that, but like, he drove her home. Like, yeah, he, he could have just been like, take a fucking bus. Like, Mike and Ron, good dude squad. For real. So Sheila wakes up in her empty house and walks downstairs and makes her little breakfast. And she like arranges it all in front of her. She's like a little vase with like a flower. <laughs> so cute. She makes her little egg and she makes herself toast. And she like arranges her whole setting in front of her. And she like looks at it and she takes a breath. And then she snaps and she goes upstairs and packs a bag and finds some old photos and some turquoise jewelry in a shoebox and she puts it on like embracing her Native American side. Not just that, but I think it's that Jody and Karen moved to Arizona. Mm-hmm. Turquoise is like big there and so it's like she's probably like like Jody probably mailed that to her when they got there or something and she's like, oh my god, I should go see them. But no, she's not going to see them. No, she's going to Roger's running tree, remember? Yeah, oh. she goes upstairs, she packs a bag, she puts on the jewelry, she gets all bundled up and she like takes a moment to look at her house and then she leaves and she gets in the cab and she's like, take me to the reservation. And then she's gone oh, yeah. for like yeah. five episodes. She comes back at the end of the season. A couple episodes. Yeah. And also in the morning, Debbie wakes up in Maddie's bed and he's like, hey, so this woman named Sheila called. She asked if you would water her plants while she's gone. She seems a little loopy. And Debbie's like, nah, she's good. We like, we like her. He's like, Lip also called, but I didn't answer. I didn't think I should answer. But uh, you got a text and Liam is getting out of the hospital today. Yeah, I was about to say, I was like, I don't remember him answering that phone. I was like, he wouldn't have... No, yeah. he didn't. He was probably like, I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> and so he takes her to the hospital. Like we go from him telling her Liam's getting out of the hospital to we cut to the hospital. Everybody's in the waiting room. And she walks in with Maddie and he's like, Debbie, where the fuck have you been? She's like, at Matt's. And he's like, oh, you're Matt? How fucking old are you? <laughs> and it's like, yeah. It's the appropriate reaction. Like, who the fuck are you? You grown man with my little sister. But Debbie meets Sammy and Chucky. And uh, then Liam gets wheeled out to the family in a little wheelchair, little Liam. He's in a little wheelchair. And CPS like looks at all of them and she sees that Frank, they like cleaned him up and put him in a sweater vest, but he can barely keep his head up. He looks pale as shit. Like he looks bad. And they're like, is that the dad? And they're like, yeah. They're like, this family home visit needs to get scheduled soon. Now. Yeah. So Mike drops Fiona off at home. He, like, doesn't even get out of the car. She gets out. He drives away. And she goes into an empty house. And she walks around. She's like, everybody, where where are you? And there's, like, cuts back and forth between her calling out to the empty house and the whole family gathering around Liam in the hospital. And it's, like, such a stark contrast of, like, the family gathering around what is important and Fiona, like, all alone in the house. And then the show just does this again when Ian gets out of prison in season 10. He walks into the empty house. Uh, when he goes, uh, when he goes, welcome home, Ian. But he's, like, alone. And he's, well, like, sitting in the hallway. The only person he finds is Tammy and the baby. But then she's kind of, she's kind of bitchy to him. Because she's, like, she's, like, I've been up for 24 hours straight. And the baby hates me and won't stop yeah. puking on me. Can you open the door? And he does. And then he's, like, welcome home, Ian. 
I think that those are like moments like that in season 10 are why I liked season 10 because this that happened and I was like this is a very season 4 moment that's happening right now season 10 was really good it was really good because they just took this moment from season 4 and just used it again but this time it was different yeah because she, she gets to the kitchen and you see her like it, but it like cuts away but she you see her look down at the spot where Liam OD'd and she like starts to cry again, but we fade to black and just go to credits. Mm. And there's no after credit sequence. Not not in this bad boy. Not in this fucking episode. No way, Jose. Next week on Shameless, Lip doesn't trust Fiona to be alone with Liam. Frank is spiraling down the drain and the family tells Sammy just how little they give a shit about that. Mandy sends Mickey to go get Ian to bring him home. Mickey finds Ian giving lap dances in Boys Town and Fiona goes to trial. She might go to jail for five years and Emmy and Jeremy get to have the greatest fight in the history of this show. Yes. Best fight scene ever. Best argument scene ever for real. It's so juicy. I'm I'm so excited. Only, only rivaled by season one when Fiona tells off Monica. Yeah. Fiona's speech to Monica and then Fiona screaming at Lip in in the next episode. Ah! That and in season two when Lip yells at Fiona and he's like, he's like, the sofa is in the kitchen. And then he's like, how'd that Kool-Aid taste going down? And she goes upstairs and like rips the blanket off Monica's bed in season yeah. two. That one was big. Oh, uh, except she's the Monica. She's the Monica now. Like, oh God, uh, it's so good. It's, so it's good. a lot. Yeah. So what did we think? This was a quick one, relatively. We've only been recording for an hour. Yeah, it surprisingly was quicker than the other one. Yeah, I think it's just because there's a lot. We're moving through a lot. Like, it's a lot of plot. And this episode is, like, heavy. There's not much to, like, comment on. It's just like, whoa. There's not much to comment on and laugh at and make silly little jokes. Like, we're literally just like, yep, this is what happened. And it was pretty big. It was yeah. bad. What are our what are our feelings about this one? It's a great episode. It's a good it's episode. It's really sad. Yeah. One of definitely one of the saddest ones in the entire series. Especially for it's probably one of the season four is just like a sad season, but also such a strong season. Yeah. It's one of the strongest episodes. For sure. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No like, doubt. There is there is balance in all of it. Like, yeah, and I'm glad that, like, last week we got an update on the Ian situation th- so that this week we could be like, all right, we had an update on that. We're going to briefly mention it with Mandy. Like, like he's fine. We don't have yeah. to worry about him right now. But for now, we're just... And I love that this was, like, it was, like, less than 24 hours. It was the moment after the last one ended and then just like the next the next day after that like it, let's just take this i think that's why the last one worked too cuz the last one only took place over the course of like a day Yeah, and, and this, this one, one only took like, place over the course of a day yeah the day episodes it, it's, it's more immersive because like you it's like just one total day so you just feel like you're going on it with them instead of it being such a jumpy episode if it's like when we don't know what day it is yeah it's just this long slow drag of like oh holy how much can happen to you in like 48 fucking hours yeah i'm like damn you guys really been going through it no wonder you fucking are all so depressed (laughs) yeah i love when shows do that when they make episodes like in like one right after the other like it picks up that's why succession's so good because a lot of the episodes in the seasons pick up right after the one before ended so it's like you're you're like in it consecutively going with the show yeah Oh God, I love season four so much. I love it so much. Like, and I love when I love when the actors get to stretch like this. Like Emmy and Jeremy getting to do this in this episode. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And even Ethan, 
Carl has some good shit in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Debbie, I feel like Debbie has some good stuff in the next couple ones. Season four, I, again, I think because of Lisa, strong Carl. Strong, consistent, good Carl. Strong. I think they highlighted a lot of like the kids' personalities in this season, definitely. Yeah. Well, because it's like Carl isn't just comedic relief anymore. Like he has his own. Carl isn't just boom and like weapons and pee. <laughs> trauma and relationship with Frank and relationship with his other siblings that like we we don't really get to see later on and we never really got to see early in the early in the show it was like Carl is just there to be like chaos like he's there to wreak havoc and be funny it's like they were experimenting with what young Ethan Kutsky could handle and he could handle it and then I just I just don't know what happened in the later season well he did (laughs) he did request a little bit of time off later down the line to go to high school for real and some yeah. stuff that's why they wrote carl off i think Juvie. that's why he went to military school that's why he went to military school for sure also maybe the, a little bit of the juvie storyline when they because yeah, once he goes to juvie time. he doesn't show back up until like the next season yeah so but yeah that was that was so much that was a lot i can't believe we just did two episodes straight that's i know i'm like God. i'm exhausted i can't even stick around the banter i'm like i'm exhausted. the sun is down and it's only 5 p.m yeah, <laughs> yeah. we started recording at two o'clock and now the sun is gone um <laughs> <laughs> but that was we've been recording for three hours or we've been consecutively talking for three yeah, hours we love to chat <laughs> But we love to chat. We are now officially in the back half of season four. Yes! Oh, God. Only one more season until like this and then season five. And then I hadn't seen any of the episodes for the next few seasons. It's going to be my first time through. So excited for Amanda to watch this for the first time. Six and seven, I still maintain really good seasons. Eight and oh, nine, yeah. though. I'll be honest with you. It gets hard. Eight and nine. It gets eight hard. has a couple good episodes, and nine is just and nine is just like okay. <laughs> Everyone just sucks in season nine. Yeah. But I'm so God. I'm so excited for the next week. I'm so, oh God. I love <sighs> that every episode of season four makes me go like, and next week, like I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Big moments. Okay, so let's time time get out of here. Uh, we're gonna plug ourselves once again. If you guys want. hopefully maybe we will have announced news about a project that we're doing by now i don't know yes (laughs) uh but if you guys want one of our lena stickers or one of our original stickers uh message us at luck we had pod on instagram at luck we had pod on twitter email us luck we had pod at gmail.com the link to our ko-fi to our our link tree everything is in the bio of our instagram and our twitter uh, or you can email us for more information. You can follow me at Abnormal Amanda on Twitter, at Abnormal Amanda 18 on Instagram, or at Abnormal Amanda underscore 18 on TikTok. Where can they find you guys? You can find me on Instagram at IamOK4000 or on TikTok at Unevent. Alina, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Durs Holmvic, but the L is an I, like the character from Workaholics. And you can find me on Instagram at Kojak, C O J A C K K. Podcast stuff is all luck we had pod yeah keep an eye on our instagram and our twitter because if we do announce fun other things that we're doing they will be announced on the instagram and on the twitter so just keep an eye on that uh because we've got shit brewing we've got things going we've got ideas ideas spinning um and what we just did two episodes in a row uh we're very excited we're very tired and until 407 until next episode thank you guys for listening and goodbye Bye. Bye.